Mike. <laughs> Did I wake you? No, I actually woke up at 4 a.m. this morning. I always get so, up at 4. Do you, you really always get up at 4? No, I, usually, I get up at 5, actually. Okay, you can't say I get up at 4 and then say, I, I actually, I get up at 5. Well, sometimes it's 5 to 4, it's, you know, 4, 4.55, 4.50, you know, somewhere in that 4 range, but yeah. Does that when you, like, naturally wake up, or is that, like, when do you set an alarm? No, set the alarm, because I get up and go work out at 6, and then come to the office. Hey, you don't get a body like this by skipping days at the gym. Yeah, I was I was wondering. Yeah, I, I was wondering where those tree trunks for legs came from. That's right. You ain't, you ain't skipping. You ain't skipping leg day. You yeah, hitting them I don't squats. Skip leg day. I hit them hard. Yeah, that's it's good for you. I do not wake up at four a.m. every morning, so I am like, uh, I don't know, special level of dead today. Yeah. So I'm just gonna not say anything, and I'm gonna let you take it over. So <laughs> as you no, get I'm older, like, you as you get older, you'll naturally wake up early. Because sleeping's too much like death, and you're, you know, you just want you, you want to be alive and awake as much as you can. Is that why you take naps three times a day when you get older? <laughs> no, only once. Only on once. weekends, mid afternoon. Especially now that football's back. Ooh, did I take a good nap on Sunday? Oh man, so did the Packers. Well, luckily I'm not and, a Packers and, fan, and so did the Badgers. You might, oh my goodness! Now you're now you're. I'm just fighting words. Fighting words. <laughs> well, no, I, I right. was pulling for the Badgers, but they took a snooze. <laughs> oh my goodness! I well, I'll say this: uh, since the Badgers decided to crap the bed to Illinois State, was it? I don't even know who it was. Uh, Washington means, State. I guess, yeah, Washington State. Okay. Oh, that's actually like a real team. The, the Beavers. The, that's right. The Washington no. State. No, Washington State's the Cougars. Washington's the Beavers. Or no, oh, Oregon's, yeah, yeah. To be, Oregon's to Beavers. Oregon's the Ducks. Oregon State is the Beavers. Oregon State is the Beavers. Yeah. Oregon is the Ducks. Yeah. Okay. When do so you now think that we got that out talk of the about way. pool? <laughs> when do you want to talk about pool, mate? Wait, this is a. We're going to talk about pool? Yeah, that's what they tell me. I, I thought this was the. Uh, I thought we were talking about polo today. I get paid by the word talking about pool. So let's talk pool. Oh, okay. Fine. Well, all right. All right, since you're going to be like that. All right, let's talk about uh, what, do, what, do, what should we start with? Should we start with the, uh, the team, the world team, or we should start with the women's sun ball? Um, either or. I mean, I, thought, I think, you know, uh, I think the event, the event overall, uh, the combination of the two together was interesting, you know, conceptually. And, and also I thought that, uh, uh, you know, without, without trying to sound too gushy, I thought this was far and away uh, the best event that Predator has produced uh, from a television production standpoint, from a venue standpoint, from a organizational standpoint, everything. I thought that, that uh, top to bottom, they did a really, really good job. It helped being in a, a place that was really welcoming and, you know, made you the, the center of the universe for that week, which was uh, Klagenfurt, uh, Austria, which is where obviously where Jasmine and, and Alvin live. Uh, they really rolled out the red carpet and helped a lot. And I thought all that came together really, it was a really good event, really cool event. I loved that they had the world team tied into the, uh, to the women's event. Did you like it that way or would you see them, prefer to see them separate? Well, it, it's kind of hard, right? Cause I think at the end of the day, um, 
to win a world championship, it's 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 a big deal, right? I mean, there's yeah, there no, are that, that part I understand. There are yeah, I mean, it is a big deal to win a world championship, and I think when you when you run two events uh, at the same time like this, I think you lose a little bit of the shine that uh, some of these oh. players really earn by by you know becoming world champions. Yeah, I, I you know the, where I would disagree with you on that is I think that um, it helped. I think having them together actually helped put shine on the women's individual event more so than it would have if it would have been run by itself. I thought there was more overall interest. I thought there was probably more viewers because the team, because they were kind of running simultaneously. My only concern uh, with running them together was whether it would be too taxing on the women considering they're fighting for a world championship from a playing standpoint. But by the time they started the world teams, the individual was down to single elimination and um, you never, you were never playing more than one match a day. So, so from that standpoint, I thought it, I, I liked the way it worked out. I liked that they had the first half of the day for the uh, individual, you know, individual and that for the world 10 ball and then the second half of the day for the uh, teams. And again, you only had to play once a day. And if you're into teams and you're the woman player, you know, you're playing two races to four, uh, you know, later in the day. So, you know, and, and I, like I said, I, I thought that they actually brought more attention to the women's event uh, uh, individually. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that they haven't had a World 10 Ball Championship since 2018? No, 13, I think, World 10 Ball. No, I think, didn't Rubelin Kelly win it? Was, uh, I, I thought uh, no, Kelly Rubelin won. won the, I mean, Kelly won the 9 Ball. They haven't had the 10 Ball oh. since Rublin beat Kelly. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was the first world championship they've had since since Kelly won the nine ball. Then, correct. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you definitely, you definitely want to get the the, I guess, getting the the excitement back into the women's world championship is good. Uh, having these go on. Um, in the future, do I want to see this continue? I, I don't think I want to see it continue. I, I, I think. I, well, to be honest, I'd like to see the, you know, just like with the, the alpha, the alpha diamond, or I guess the alpha Las Vegas open, um, that was previously the diamond Las Vegas open. Now it's the alpha Las Vegas open, um, where they have right after that, the, the predator men's 10 ball champ or world championships. I would like to see maybe the women's eventually get into that, especially since, uh, they have an actual women's event during that time too. It, it would be nice to yeah. actually see the men and the women's world champion crowned that, that week. And maybe, maybe that's in the, the, the works for the future. Maybe it's not, I don't know, but uh, I, I, to get the attention back to the women's world championships, I, I, I could, I could be talked into having these at the same time. Sure. But mm -hmm. I, I, I like the idea of giving the women their own shine, right? Not, I, not I do the, too. And I, and I think maybe that's something that could come with time. I think you kind of, you know, I, I like the idea at the beginning of them using them to play off each other to kind of build, um, sure. you know, build both brands, build both events. And if if they get it to the point then where they feel like they can stand on their own, then then I'm all for that too. Sure. Uh, the other side of it is, you know, from a logistics standpoint, you split them up, you add another tournament to the calendar that you're hoping people from everywhere around the world travel to. Okay. And as we know, the calendar in the next coming years looks like it's going to be stupid full. So, uh, so again, having these events at the same time, you've got a captive, uh, captive audience for that, you know, week, eight days, whatever it is. So uh, a lot of this depends on, you know, 
how Predator sees these events going forward, what their business plan is, what their marketing strategy is for these events. Um, you know, and then we'll, we'll see what kind of decisions they make. They're definitely figuring it out, though. Uh, I, I mean, like you said, I think this is the smoothest one that I've seen yet. Um, I don't know what it was like on site, but I did talk to Gino uh, yesterday for a little while because I'm going to be helping out with the Michigan one, it sounds like. So you'll be hearing, I believe I'm going to be going helping up with uh, some of the tables and I'm going to be doing commentary for the event or at least for part of nice. the event. So you'll be hearing my voice for that. Fun. Lucky you. Uh, but it sounds like he's he said everything went about as well as it could have. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah, exciting. I mean yeah, I didn't hear any any major complaints uh, of what was going on there at all. Uh, yeah, what did I you think of the format? I, think, I I got a and I talked to Gino about this too yesterday. I got a problem with that team event. It just seems, and I and I know that some of the matches were long, like really long. Uh, but I I just I if you're gonna have a team event, you gotta I I just feel like you gotta find more ways if you're gonna have singles events in there. You know, a race to four at the end of the day, especially with the shootout. So really what you're doing is you have six points total. And if you're going to have, you know, singles, so you have three singles and then you have three scotch doubles. I mean, I guess everybody gets to play it with everybody theoretically, but it's I just. And the shootout, I, I don't like the idea that the shootout only has one player uh, shoot twice. I think you got to I, I think that. It's going to it's going to take longer, but I would like to see the shootout actually be two out of three where each player shoots against one of the other. Like the, the ladies shoot against the ladies and then one of the men shoots against one of the men and the other uh, man shoots against the other man. And then you do whoever wins two out of three. I would like to see that format more than just having all three players shoot one spot shot. And then, you know, like if Jason Shaw and Darren Appleton uh, beats um, Carlo Beato and um, Johan Chua then it doesn't really matter what happens with uh, Kelly and um, Ruben. Like, like I like that format a lot more than I like just one each and then one person getting two. But Yeah, well, you're talking about extending. You just talked about a long match and now extending it further by each player shooting more, which doesn't take a long time, but uh, it does add, add shots to it. I, I liked, you know, one, one, and one because it, it made sure that the third one still mattered. You know, unless unless they tank the what the first yeah it's, the third one still mattered, so um, so each one of them had a shot that mattered, and uh, you know obviously the shootout is something that I think we're just going to see with Predator from now till the end of time. So get used Tec to it. No, te technically that's not true. You could have the so if 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 team if whoever shoots first made makes their first three, and the the other team misses their first two, it's over. Right, so but the third player the third player shot. For at least the winning team. Sure. Yeah. But the, right? yeah. So, and so, the, and then they, they, so, you know, um, those are, those are small things. I mean, I, I think they're still trying to work through it. I think that the, uh, um, the format for the teams, I thought, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Predator format in the Pro Series, but I thought in the team event, it worked really well. Uh, they did extend it, obviously, to a race to three, uh, which I think that they would consider doing going forward in the pro series, um, you know, which, you know, I've heard talk about that, about trying to have, you know, maybe adopt oh. that. Yeah. I know, got that extra. wrong too. I was thinking it was a race to four and it wasn't in, in overall points. It was only a race to three. Yeah. So it's a race no to three. It's a race to three. Um, and, 
you know, so if it's two to two, then it was a shootout, right? So um, that makes that did make some of the matches long. If it went to the shootout, they were long matches because, you know, you had the potential to have four, four to three sets, right? So you know, you're at you're at fourteen games to four. You're know, you're at fourteen to fourteen before you even get to a shootout. So that's going to be a long match. Um, so break. could they do something? Could yeah, right? Could they do something differently? Uh, I don't think the matches would take as long in the in the pro series because you're not changing players between sets. It's just re-rack them and keep shooting. Um, so and they could do. You know, it was one of the suggestions was okay, make it best of three or erase the th- three or do three sets, and if the first two sets are split. And the third set gets to four to four or three to three, then you go to a shootout and kind of, you know, take a couple of games out of the equation. Uh, but I can, you know, uh, I can go, I can go either way with that. But I think they are looking at, they looked at this, the successes here. Okay. How do we tinker that for the pro series and, uh, and change things around a little bit for 2023? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I still think that you got to have the shootouts. They got to be individual personally. I, I just I hate the idea of one person getting or two people getting one shot. Like uh, I mean, if you look at it, like even Jason Shaw um, in the first matchup with uh, Philippines. the Philippines, he made both of his, and it wasn't you know it didn't it didn't mean anything. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, well, that, it's a that team game. game. I mean, each each well, player's yeah, yeah, got to hold, hold their end, right? Of course, but the, but then the idea is like, uh, if Jason Shaw makes both of his, you know, theoretically we get to the point where maybe Jason Shaw is able to win a point, and now you know, Jay or uh, Kelly and Darren, sure they missed their first one, but you know they're going to battle back, right? I I don't know. I, I I guess I just like the idea. I don't. I just hate the idea of one shot for two players is is all you get when it means that much. Yeah. And, I like that. I liked it. I mean, if, you know, they're obviously with the whole shootout, they're shooting for pressure and excitement, you know, on the fans' sure, parts. Yeah. And I think that 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 you know promotes. Well, do, do you that, think we so. lose any? Do you think we lose any of that, or do you? Because I, I think we only gain it. Like, like imagine if Darren beats um, Johan Chua and Jason Shaw loses to Carlo Biato, and it comes down to Kelly and um, um, Rublin. Yeah, Rublin. Sorry, Rublin. Uh, and it comes down to those two, and they're they're playing the the shootout for the actual like win. Like, uh, you're not shooting one shot; you're shooting four shots, and every single one of them is pressure packed, right? I mean, you're only adding to the suspense, and now you're making it longer. So, I mean, I, I guess I get that, but um, you also could speed up that you could speed up that a lot. I mean, I they really kind of ham that out uh, a little bit when it comes to the shootout. I mean, there's no reason you can't throw a 20 second shot clock uh on the the shootout as well yeah yeah possible yeah but i i, I don't know i mean i guess we're we've spent all this time talking and we really and actually i i love uh, uh hopefully it's tarot uh tarot's suggestion I, I i gotta think we you know matchroom has done a lot towards making things more transparent on their selection processes i would really like to see you know predator have some sort of selection process too that is transparent because I mean, at the end of the day, like, and I think the U.S. the U.S. isn't even showing up to play the Pro Billiard Series when it comes to their top players, whether it be yeah, Shane, right. whether it be whether you it know, be Predator's going to go with the players that are supporting them, you know, or at sure. least give them the opportunity. Would could Shane have played in that if he wanted to? I'm I'm sure he could have, uh, but you know, so it's the selection process. I think at the beginning was something like this is more of get who will come, 
and you know we'll give them you know all the thanks to them for showing up and playing uh so um you know there's that option you know i think is i think as the is the event itself gains more notoriety and more respect and more credibility then the top players won't want to be left out of it because it's a great event the team event's a great event with the so. two men two men and a woman player uh i think that's that's really cool it's better to me it's better than the world cup of pool uh it's not up at moscone standard but to me i like it better than the world cup of pool and so if they can yeah, get it to I, that point then then yeah then i think nobody's going to want to miss it and that comes down to you know um visibility and prize funds right if it's big enough they'll come to be honest i mean the world cup of pool while while it's fantastically entertaining it's a joke of a tournament right I mean, who's going to argue it isn't a joke? Winner break race to seven. Yeah, I mean, single. <laughs> I don't know if it's, I mean, a, it's joke, a joke, but I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's you know the, the toughest competition in the world. And I don't know if anybody looks at the winner of the world cup of pool as you know this extraordinary uh, uh, you know result. But uh, no, but what what was it like a couple of years ago? Like uh, a team flew in from Australia. And they played it. I don't remember who they played it. But one match and flew home. Well, not only that, they got to the table once. Like, yeah. they, like a race to seven, like win or break, single elimination. I mean, that's that's. I'm sorry. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a joke. I mean, that's it's it's entertaining. It's like fantastically entertaining. I, I'm not turning it off. But like, as far as like just looking at it from a competition standpoint, yeah, no, come yeah. on, no, absolutely not. Um, I would like to see more. I would like to see if we're going to talk about the format. I would like to see triple scotch. Um, I would like to see that incorporated in. Uh, if you're going to do a fun. team, if you're going to do a team, I mean, why why wouldn't you have the ultimate team, right? Um, yeah, because you only have one doubles match in there, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, try to use all three players. I think that would be kind of fun. I, uh, but the way they have it there, they're trying to make sure that no player plays more than you know, sure. like Jason played singles twice. He didn't even bother playing. So if he, if he gets to play doubles too, now he plays three times in four matches. Uh, so, you know, is that, do you want that if you're the promoter? Probably well, there's, not. There's clearly ways that you can you can wiggle the schedule though, right? Or, or like the way that you do the format, right? Uh, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have all three playing in the scotch doubles and say, you know, each of the men has to play one singles. Be done with it. That could be it. That you could know, be so, it. But yeah, I, I do like I do like the uh, the idea of you know triple scratch would be kind of would be kind of fun. I mean, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to just get rid of I guess the shootout because that's literally what you base your your pro series off of. But you know, maybe if you just go hill hill, maybe you can go to a shootout at that point in time, right. and then you don't have right. and then you don't have to do the sets. Maybe you can do. Um, I mean, it gets a little bit funky, right? Because now you you have to like designate an actual schedule. But maybe the maybe you do them game by game, and game one is player one versus player. Well, I guess player we'll say player one, two, and three, and player A, B, and C. Like player one plays player A. Game two is player B and player C scotch against two and three, right? I mean, you could you could do a, a schedule like this to where you could actually set your players where you want them in it, and then you know you know, pre-match what it is. And then each game is worth a single point, And then you race to 11 or something like that, where if it goes hills, hill, uh, hill, hill, you go to a shootout or something like that. But I, I, 
I think the way that the format is, it's too rigid to really be able to do anything fun with the schedule to where you get a lot of different types of matchups and triple scotch and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, for Predator, it's all about, you know, their their philosophy towards pro series and their, and their other events now is 100% to uh, engaging viewers who aren't already pool fans, Correct. right? So you need things short, you need things fast, and you need things exciting. So they have short races and shootout. That's not going to change. They're not going to go to races to eleven under you know that that are shaped anyway. I don't think. I don't so, think so. Either, um, so so it's try to let's figure out. You know, I think I'm sure that they're working you know feverishly on taking what they saw from this event and trying to figure out how they can tweak things for the next time and continually make things better, which is what everybody tries to do. And I think what they've managed to do with this event, they made the events, you know, they, they really did a nice show. The world team I thought was a great event and uh, women's 10 ball was, was legit, you know, races and um, you know, that was great too. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've we've spent all this time talking about like what actually happened. We don't even actually know who won, right? We haven't. We suggested that the <laughs> Philippines won, but they, uh, you know, um, the team Philippines, Rublin, um, Johan Chua, and Carlo Beato beat uh, Team Great Britain. Uh, Kelly, Darren, uh, Appleton, and Jason Shaw. Uh, third place uh, was between, or uh, I guess third place went to Germany. Um, uh, well, no, they, I mean, they both got bronze, Germany and, yeah, and, uh, and then team, team Chinese team. Taipei. Yep. Right. Um, which yeah, I don't was, like, I, I don't like the idea of like tying for third place. It's not third, fourth, it's third place. Make them play for it. It's not even <laughs> more content, right? You're adding another match. Well, who doesn't want to yeah, see that match though? You know what? They eliminated third place matches in so many events that come down to I a know, semifinals and a final why? because. Well, because for one, nobody watches the third place match. They used to do a third place in in college basketball. They used to have in the final four, the, the, the two losing teams from the semifinal oh, played the third place. Nobody cared. Nobody and the players didn't want to play because they had just lost and got knocked out. So they don't care. Yeah. So, you know, so it's it's you know, it's just give them two bronze medals, send them home, everybody gets a medal. It's it, everyone's happy. Give them some orange slices and participation <laughs> trophies and we'll all be good, huh? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I guess, uh, team Poland, um, team Spain, team Austria and team Japan all get fifth through eighth. Yeah. Uh, I think I it mean, went pretty well. I think pretty it went pretty, pretty chalk as far as, you know, if you had to say who the top three teams, if you had to say who the top four teams were Philippines, Taipei and Great Britain would have been I, in your top four well, for sure. Your, your fourth team to me could have been Spain or Poland. You know, yeah, I, I suppose. possibly Poland. I don't know. I don't think Poland had their strongest team. Yeah, yeah uh, Poland didn't have their strongest team, I guess. So, uh, so yeah, I would think I would have thought if you would have seeded them, the top four would have been, you know, Britain, uh, Philippines, Taipei, and maybe Spain. Yeah, you know, I guess. So, yeah. uh, so really, it went pretty much chalk along the way. Um, you know, Team Germany. To me, it was a little bit of a surprise, but you know how can you be surprised when Josh Filler is one of your runners, right? So um, they played great. They played great towards uh, Pia and Josh were you know unstoppable as doubles. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was. I thought it was a really fun event. I thought that uh, I thought Carlo Beato played great. Um, 
and Rublin didn't play great in the World Ten Ball, but you could tell she was the glue for that team. She was the, you know, uh, the, the the senior advisor, the, the one that they leaned on. You know, she was she was she was running that show. And and the Philippines play players play really well in these type of country events. Uh, you see that the Southeast Asian Games. They always do really well there. They dominate there as players and as teams. So, um, I, you know, they were my pick to win. Um, so, I'm, you know, I, I was not overly surprised. I was surprised they won three to nothing in the final match against Great Britain. Uh, Kelly, Jason, and Darren Appleton, that's a pretty formidable team. Uh, and the first two sets went 4-3, four, 4-3. Three, four, three, so they could have gone either way. They were really good. Uh, the Jason Carlo head-to-head in the – championship match was really good did you watch it uh i only caught bits and pieces of it i didn't um i watched the entire one uh from start to finish the the first time they played was fantastic on the a side when they played uh yeah great britain and philippines the philippines were yeah they were up two zero then great britain fought back to tie it and went to shootouts and i gotta be honest with you i i thought that team Great Britain, if things went to shootout, I thought that they would be the favorites because with their technical, mechanical backgrounds, they all shoot so straight. And so if you have that shot that you shoot over and over, I thought they'd never miss. And and they drilled a couple right into the rail. And Team Philippines, Carol Beato and Rubel. Kelly's missed bad. Yeah, Kelly's, really bad. Kelly's missed bad. <laughs> uh, but Rublin and Carol Beato, do you normally, Watch. when you watch Predator events, do you normally see people hit the ball that hard on the spot shot? Carlo Carlo Beato's almost went four rails. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Roberto Gomez shoots him the same way when he shoots him like that. So I, I think yeah, it's they, I, they drill it. I think it's a Filipino thing. I mean, man, you better be straight with your shot because if you catch any part of that corner pocket, you're you're at the other end of the table. I, I mean, I don't even. I'm I'm trying to like. I mean, maybe it's because I mean. It's got to be because you know they have to hit the ball so much harder because the, the the playing conditions in the Philippines. I would have to assume that that's the reason why they feel more comfortable hitting them at that speed. But I mean, it's not like it's not like Jason and Darren were hitting them soft. I mean, they were just hitting them really hard, right? Yeah, no, the Filipinos were just drilling them into the pocket. That was crazy. Uh, but yeah, they played great. Um, yeah, great, great. I don't. Event. Do you know what happened to to Kelly? Her hand. Yeah, yeah. she. Um, uh, I don't know if she's gotten x-rays yet, but she thinks she broke a knuckle and, uh, she was, I can't remember what she was doing, but she was pulling some, pulling her hand back and it slipped off or something snapped or, and I can't remember even what she was doing And her knuckle hit some stanchion or some, you know, uh, some, some immovable object and she racked, racked her knuckle. Uh, it wasn't four related though, right? No, it wasn't like during yeah, a match I, I or anything yeah, like I that. Or practice. Uh, but she, um, uh, they said that her hand was, you know, there were times her hand was blown up like a balloon and, you know, they would ice it down. And uh, it was her, her back hand, uh, her grip hand. And, you know, I'm sure it affected her shooting. I'm sure it affected her mentally uh, because just knowing, I, I think. Sure that she was really pretty, from what I understand, was pretty unable to shoot jump shots because then you really need that backhand, right? Yeah. So, um, but she she never said a word through the whole week. 
She grinded out, you know, she didn't play her best pool in the world, but she grinded out one match after the next. And she was really driven. Uh, she really wanted this world championship. Uh, she wanted two of them. And she was really driven and came up just a little bit short. I feel really badly for her. Uh, but, you know, she's she's solid. Yeah. Um, that's a good, I, I, think it, I think it does count for rails. I guess to ask Kyle's answer Kyle's question, I think uh, it does four rails counts on it, but I don't, Emily has nothing to do with this. So I don't know why Emily got brought in. <laughs> Emily could care less about what happens at these things. In fact, I'm sure she'd rather them just go away. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would assume that I would, I mean, you have to play the 10 ball into that pocket. I don't think it should matter how it gets there. Right. I mean, if you, if, if you miss, if you miss the 10 ball on a normal shot like that, if it wasn't in the shootout and it goes full rails, it counts. So why wouldn't it count in the shootout? Yeah, you would think so. You would think yeah. so. I don't think we'll see it too often, but it's worth discussing. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's ever happened that I can think of. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, Kelly's would have been close if she would have missed to the other side of the pocket, but she overcut her ball, but yeah, she missed right. it pretty yeah. bad in the, in the, yeah. Per, yeah. So, yeah. um, not trying to pick on Kelly. I love you, Kelly. I just surprised that you missed it that way, that bad. <laughs> you never miss anything that bad. Um, okay. So I guess let's, uh, let's move over to the 10 ball then. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Chow Che Wee. Chow Che Yu. Chow Che Yu. Hopefully that's right. Uh, is our new uh, world champion? It's yeah. Fun to see. I, I guess it's fun to see Chinese Taipei. Um, still don't have China back, of course. Uh, there was no Chinese women in the field, from what I'm seeing. No. Uh, currently, no. the Canadian or the 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 Chinese government is uh, sending a drone to bomb my apartment as we speak. Cause I said, Hey, <laughs> is not part of China, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, she played, she played uh, really well uh, in the semifinal in the final. I, I actually didn't think she was, I thought that uh, Wei Tzu Chen, uh, Wei Wei, I thought she was the strongest player through the tournament. Uh, and going into finals, I thought that she was, you know, to me, I just haven't watched her. She looked like she was a pretty solid favorite. Uh, but um, but Chow played great in the final match. Uh, we we gave we, we gave her a couple opportunities that she shouldn't have had, but um, Chow took advantage of it. And you know, Chow's she's thirty five. She's been around a while. She's not one of these you know new up and coming you know Taiwanese players. Um, She'd been around for a while, and so I believe Weiwei nice. is right around twenty-eight, maybe. That would sound probably about right. Uh, uh, Go, Su Chen. Late. Uh, she she goes by Weiwei. Kelly Fisher, yeah. I, I think, gave her that nickname, maybe. But her and Kelly Fisher are like really, really, really good friends. So and Chow goes by Rita. Yeah. I, how the hell you came up with that one? That's give her the benefit of doubt on that one. So. Um, so yeah, Rita beat Weiwei, uh, you know, pretty handily in the final, nine to three, and uh, the the big matches. I mean, you know, we talk about the the Taipei, the the players from Taiwan, and you know, if you looked at the final four, in the you know, if you looked at the women's ten ball, I think four out of the final eight, eight out of the final sixteen were all Asian players. Uh, uh, well, no, four all, four of the last eight were Taipei. 
for yeah, six out of five or six out of the last uh, eight were were Asian players, and then um, then you know an all Taiwan yep. final, uh, well, final four in the teams was two Asian you, teams and one you know two European teams. Are you counting the Philippines as Asian? Yeah, they're in the Asian games, right? Well, sure. Then uh, six of the eight were Asian, right? Six or yeah. eight, you know, uh, players from from you know Asia. So. Um, yeah, it's we talked about it before about how things would change when they got back into action. Uh, not that Kelly and Jasmine, you know, can't win any place, any time against anyone, but it makes it makes the road to the final a lot steeper, right? You you don't get you don't get away with uh, getting a couple tune up matches. Yeah, no, no, you don't. Yeah, you can't just show up for the quarters and and roll from there. So. Um, that was, you know, it was great. It's great to see them back playing, and they do play just as strong as ever. Uh, someone mentioned Pia. She did have a great tournament, beat Jasmine uh, early on, earlier on in the women's 10 ball. Uh, Jasmine came back uh, really hard. I think Jasmine was probably under more pressure than any player in Austria because she was kind of the face of the event being there to start with, and she was so involved in everything that went on there. And I know even after matches were over, she was out, you know, playing games with with fans and interacting and things like that. So she had a lot on her plate. And congratulations to her, to um, you know, for reaching the semis. And and the semis at seven seven, she's the favorite to win that. Right? Did you watch that match? That was brutal. That was brutal. She, but I don't know if it was pressure or what. But there were two those. The, the game at 7-7 seven, seven, and then the game when she was trailing 8-7, um, you know, I think everybody in the world, I, I don't even play. And it looked to me like all you had to do was follow the ball a foot and your next shot was was pretty much straight in. And she, you know, she stunned the 9 at 7-7 seven, seven and left herself a tougher shot in the 10. And then how you scratch in the side is almost incomprehensible. Um, and then the last rack, she did the same thing going from the six to the seven. Uh, simple roll shot. And I don't know if maybe she felt too much pressure in her arm to feel comfortable, slow rolling a ball. Uh, but um, but it cost her in both of those games. Otherwise, she might have been in the final. Yeah, I mean, the the second the second scratch, once it's, there's something about the, they say the hardest games to win uh, are the first game. And the one to get onto the hill, especially when these matches are close. Like, there's something there's something relieving about once you get onto the hill. Like the the game almost like resets. I mean, like now if you get onto the hill and um, you know you you dog some games to let them get back onto the hill, so it's hill hill. You know that's that's different. But the hardest games to win are the ones to get onto the hill and the first game, and it becomes exponentially harder when when you mess up a good opportunity to be the first person to get onto the hill. And yeah, right. once, once, once that happens, I mean, it's, you just, the, the demons just start come roaring around. I mean, it's, it's really, really tough. Do I think that her scratch on the next rack was because of it? It's, I mean, it's hard to draw a direct line from the scratch on the 10 ball to there. But she didn't scratch in the last it, game. She just missed. Or, she well, missed seven. Sorry, yeah. the, the, the miss shot. Sorry, the miss yeah. shot. Um, yeah. Can you draw a straight line to it? It's hard to say, but I, I know that that, hap that tends to happen a lot. Yeah. It, it just seems to happen a lot. 
And like I said, she was, you know, she, she had a lot on her plate, a lot of pressure, the whole event for all sorts of reasons. So it wouldn't we surprise me. And it's too. not. Yeah. Right. With Thorsten at the European Open, right? It, it's just because you're the hometown favorite, you know, sometimes it gives you this magical run and then sometimes it just puts undue pressure on you. Right. Right. So, yeah, uh, she, she had a great event, though, Jasmine, and, you know, a great part of of helping put that event together. So, uh, you know, hats off to her. She's she's still still plays pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's good to see Weiwei again. Um, I know we I saw quite a bit of Weiwei when um, we were early on in the pandemic, when she was playing a lot of the WPBA events. Um, she played one of my events as well. Uh, I mean, she's so likable. I mean, she's a lot like a Yuki Hiraguchi, where like if you meet her once or if you, you just are you're exposed to her once, you just can't help but love her. She's yeah. got such she's got such an amazing charis, uh, charisma to her, and she's just she's just so much fun to be around, and it, it's it's awesome to see her back. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know whether we'll see them in uh, who we'll see in in Michigan. I guess, yeah, Michigan's next week. I mean, I guess there's a sign up. Let me uh, let me take a look over at the website and uh, see if I can't see a uh, a list. I will be at on site. Are you gonna you gonna head over for that? Probably. You bet. You will be there. You betcha. Oh, cool. When are you going over? Uh, Friday. <laughs> Friday. I'll be there for Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, look fun. me up when you get there. Will do. Um, While you're looking that up, someone asked, what's the difference between a 790s player and an 820s player? Said, so, you know, well, 790, you're still, you're still pretty much a beast. Uh, but what's the difference between that? Uh, what's that 30 point difference? I, I mean, the, it's it's nearly impossible to answer that because at the end of the day, if you get above 750, you have all of the tools necessary to play perfect pool at the end of the day. Uh, your ability to play perfect pool is going to, well, I, I would say the difference between 820 and a 790, it, it comes down to, it comes down to a few different things, but you are very exceptionally elite as an 820. You are exceptionally elite at uh, not only just the playing position game, but the the getting out of trouble, right? So uh, how many times have you seen Joshua Filler just stupid buried and he'll kick three rails off the side of the ball that he's trying to hit off of and kick safe? I mean, how many times do you see the Filipinos do stuff like that? It's like the 790s, they might get hits there, but they're not, they're not going to be able to play that type of elite kicking safeties or jumping uh you know the the 820s you look at them and they're all elite elite jumpers so you, it's it's just harder to get them into trouble and it's so much easier for them to get out of trouble where if you look at i believe who's a 790 that i can look at i, I believe roberto gomez is just shy of that maybe he's like 980 or something like that but he just doesn't jump the balls and kick the balls as as strongly as a player like josh or fedor i, I mean I think that the 820s for my money, they're just, they're absolutely elite at uh, putting you in trouble and getting themselves out of trouble. Is that, that's just my opinion on it. But again, there's, there's a lot of things, right? I mean, it, you could say mistakes like Marty did, but I mean, uh, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Deluna is a good example. I mean, I don't think that I don't think the Deluna does anything absolutely elite. Um, maybe no, I don't even say his break because his break is I think is is too uncontrollable. But like, 
Uh, I don't. I think Deluna is just a really, really, really good, strong, solid player. But I don't think he does anything like absolutely dead elite, like the Fedors or Fillers or Chains of the world. Maybe, maybe. Do you agree with any of that? Do you push back on any of it? No, no, that sounds about right to me. I mean, I, I don't know what the differences are between them. You just know that there is a difference between a DeLuna. Um, where's Kazakis at? I, I always think of him when I think of uh, he's, he's right around 80. I would I would guess the or I would guess Alex is in 804 if I had to guess. Yeah, so like 800. So, you know, you look at him, you're like, that guy can win tournaments. He has won tournaments, but is he is he at that level with Josh Shane? You know, uh, I do th- Alvin guys like that. There's there's a difference there. I do think that Alex has one elite characteristic of his game, and that he grinds racks really well. Like he he's not going to break and run you off the table ever. Like he's he's not he's not a type of person that's going to break and run seven racks on you. But he is the type of person that he will grind you down in a rack and get a scoring opportunity and run out. Like he does that so well. And if you put you put him on super tough conditions where the tables are not breaking well, the tables are playing tight. He, I mean, he just grinds super strong and then finds a scoring opportunity and runs out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just my opinion on it, but um, I have the, so I have the, um, the battle or the, uh, so it looks like Michigan, there's going to be the Co brothers are going to be there. Coping Yi, Coping Han, and Coping Chung. Wow. Um, as well as um, Lou Tang. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Chang Jung Lin. Okay. So they are going to be the, on the women's side. For the men's, uh, for the women's side, well, this is the dumbest part about this because this is under the women's open tab. So, under the women's <laughs> tab has the men's players. It's going to be a tough field, apparently. Yeah, yeah I know that Amber Chen said she was playing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got her listed or not. Uh, but if she's playing, I just wonder if like uh, uh, Wei Wei or Chow is going to be there as well. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Like I, I literally am under the Michigan Women's Open, and the only thing that comes up is the men's. Let me go under the Michigan Open. Maybe, uh, maybe the women are under the the men's side. No. <laughs> so, I don't know who's in the women's. Yeah. Okay. Let me refresh. Nope, it's still. Yeah, I don't know. So. I guess there isn't going to be a sign-up list that you can see unless unless I'm an absolute idiot and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, all right, then. <laughs> we'll all be just as surprised as you. Yes, we will. Um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, we can talk. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about for the uh, the World 10-Ball, the Women's World 10-Ball or the Team 10-Ball? Um no, not not especially. I thought, like I said, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, lots of good things coming out of Predator. Of course, we're going to have the Seabirds Open coming up um, later on this year. They're going to have the Fargo Raid Ohio Open, I believe. I think it's right. the Fargo Raid Ohio Open. And then the Puerto Rico Open, which I might be at as well. Cool. Um, will you be going yeah, to that? No, 
I don't think so, but I don't know. It's still mulling. Sure. Okay. Well, um, I will hopefully be, I will definitely be at Michigan. I will hope to be at Puerto Rico. Who knows? Um, and then I guess that's it for the Mich- or for the Predator events for this year. You know, we have the World Junior Nine Ball in Puerto Rico, right? And the Eight Ball as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm looking so, at Puerto Rico as a whole. Right. Yeah. 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 They'll so, also have the yeah. World Eight Ball. That'll be in, in, exciting. So we'll see how many. You know, yeah. just to me, all of these are about you know who decides it's worth showing up to. Sure. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, to that'll see be yeah, it'll be really players. interesting. It will be interesting to see if like Shane, uh, Sky. I mean, if they if they don't show up for that, I mean the eight ball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure, it's on a big table, but it's eight ball. I mean, they love eight ball. Yeah, yeah, and it's Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico in December, you know, in in, in the winter. That's yeah, in November. I, I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's probably a, that's probably not a selling point for Shane, I suppose, because that's less that's less uh, fishing time, ice fishing time. Wow. Right? I don't think he's sitting on much ice in November. I don't know. I don't know. He's 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 a quite a ways north. He's still in South Dakota. I mean, you need you know you need a good foot of of ice to to sit on there with your truck. Oh no, you know. Wow, I guess (laughs) he lives on a lake. What the hell does he need a truck out there for? He just walks out there and goes. He always takes his truck with him. Does he? Well. He doesn't have to. I mean, I'm sure he might take a truck with him if he if he has the opportunity. He's to, but he I do whatever he wants. Well, hopefully he doesn't do it with three <laughs> inches of ice. Then you can walk out on three inches. Don't go. Don't go yeah. driving no trucks out there. We'll have to get Shane on and ask him. Yeah, that's yeah. just what we got to okay. do. All right. Well, why don't we move on to um, the big Omega Billiards matchup this week? We have uh, Carlo Beato, fresh off of his. World Team Championship and uh, Fedor Gorse. They're playing nine ball, the new U.S. Open, well, European Open, U.S. Open uh, break rules. Race to 120 over three days with a race to 40, 80, and 120. Uh, That is starting the 16th. So in three days, they have 15,000 in the middle, nine on the spot, break from the box with the Accurac. Um, I guess first impressions, what do you think? Of the format, uh, of the format, it, you know that's fine. They, they, as long as they both agree to it, and it's you know a tough format, which it seems like it is if they're using those rules, and um, you know it's a long race. Um, you know, I give Carlo credit for coming over here. I mean, <laughs> Filipino pool players flying into the U.S. these days is a little bit wonky. So, um, you know, hopefully he makes it there. And uh, I think I think it'll be a good match. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how Federer handles, you know, uh, three days like that of, of long plan. I think, you know, if nothing else is going to get him ready for the U.S. Open because I think we're all anxious to see how Federer does at the U.S. Open. So, um, you know, I, it, it, I think it'll be pretty – you got to still favor Federer, don't you think? Oh, I, I don't even – I don't even know why Carlos taking the game. I'm not trying to dis. Well, how did? How do you say something like this without disrespecting? But like, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't. I don't know that he gets to 100. I just. I. I mean, Carlos is a phenomenal player. I'm like, I'm not trying to take anything away. I just. I just think that this is. This has nothing to do with Carlos. This has everything to do with Fedor and what I believe Fedor to be right now. 
I mean, I, I believe Fedor right now, with the confidence that he has winning every sure every single tournament that he's playing is, you know, he's playing against Shane McMahon in the finals, whatever. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that he's won damn near every tournament for four weeks or four months straight. And the idea that that isn't going to just explode your confidence. Now, if Carlos able to come out and punch him in the mouth and get up 40 to 20 against him, sure. I mean, that's, you know, that can be, that can be flattening, but I, I just don't see how that happens. I, I mean, you're going to have to break and run. I mean, you're going to have to be regularly breaking running threes and fours and fives to be able to get Fedor into that position. And I, I don't know what this break rules that, that that's really a feasible thing. Yeah. I, I see Fedor winning this comfortably. I, I don't want to say, yeah, comfortably, comfortably, yeah, somewhere between maybe fifteen and twenty-five games. I, I would guess. Okay. I, I just it has nothing to do with Carlo. I mean, I think he would do this just about every player in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know how to pick it. I mean, it, I think that Federer is a favorite. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the multi-day long race, you know, shoot till you drop, uh, you know, head-to-head matches. But uh, it's, like I said, it'll be good for both of them. I mean, what? how much did you say was in the middle? 15,000 and counting. So it's not like it's a real, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it is a, it it's is so, a real so it's, it's not like, really a real bet. Yeah. Um, Compared so, to what these events normally are, this is peanuts. Right. So, I mean, are they both looking at it as, you know, a getting in stroke match? Uh, who knows? I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm, I'm more interested to see how Federer does at the U.S. Open. And this can't hurt him going to the U.S. Open. If he's playing the U.S. Open format, uh, break rules, all that type of stuff, um, it's, you know, it's going to get him more geared up for in, in better stroke for the US Open, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, certainly. Um, I mean, he's he's basically had uh, an open invitation to play anybody in the world, essentially, for like the last six or eight months. And this is the first time he's gotten anybody to bite on it. So, I yeah. mean, is is... I don't know. It's a perfect, it's a perfect event to get them both ready for the U S open. I, I think right. at the end of the day, I don't think, I don't, I doubt either players betting any of their own money at this. They're probably right. just using this as a, as a tune up. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that the guys who are backing them and betting on it want them to play a little bit harder than a tune up. Uh, Cause their well, money's and, on the and line. They will. And they yeah. will, I'm sure. But the, but the idea is like, you can, you can take a match because you want a tune up. And then care about it like crazy later on, right? Right. I mean, if they're playing for 15,000, I mean, and I'm assuming neither one of them have their own money up. So at the end of the day, one player is going to be winning $7,500. Well, if you have one player winning $7,500, how much are the backers taking and how much is going to get thrown towards the players? I mean, it's at the end of the day, if, if they're, if they're jellied a thousand dollars out of, that i mean that's maybe maybe two thousand three thousand at the most like i i don't know i don't know how these i don't know how these players are like i don't know how they work it out with their backers but i just can't imagine the idea that one of these players are going to be playing for seventy five hundred dollars and they're going to get six thousand of it yeah, i don't know 
I mean, they're getting they're getting paid to show up. I mean, of course, Omega Billiards is going to be paying them to show up for the match. But as far as the winning side of this, um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think uh, if you had to guess a score, what in a winner, who would it be? Well, I'd, I'd go with Fetter and uh, 22-5, I guess. 120-105? Yeah. It's probably, I think Kyle breaks break 100. Yeah, I mean, I would put him right. I, if somebody set the over-under for me at, let's say, 100, I, I probably wouldn't bite either way. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's – I think it's – at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm excited for the match. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I'm going to be happy to watch it. Uh, it's going to be awesome to see – Fedor Gorse play a real player in a real match. Yeah. Uh, first time since. Delu- I mean, Deluna. I don't know. Is that the last person he played? I think uh, in a match like this. So I don't know. I, I if you set the over under at a hundred, I would be really hard pressed to pick one. Yeah. I think that's. So I, I guess I would do one twenty one hundred. Yeah. Something like that. Well, you either uh, have to go one hundred one or ninety nine. <laughs> I'll take the over at you take the, okay, 99. You know. You're betting over, the over at 99. I'll take the under at 101. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess that's, uh, that's starting up, uh, on the 13th. You can, or sorry, the 16th, you can still go over and buy it at Omega billiards, TV.com. Uh, check it out. Should be good. Uh, I guess that, that checks off everything that I have to talk about today or that I wanted to talk about. Um, anything on the docket for you? No, no, just uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the women play in Michigan. I haven't been to a women's event in a while. And um, and then, you know, gearing up for U.S. Open and the fallout for Moscone Cup teams based on the U.S. Open. Um, I think it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think the lineups are, you know, I think the European lineup is pretty much done unless something really unusual happens at the u.s open which i think would be a ton of fun what's that what do you think that is you're saying the lineup oh, like all five or just yeah all five yeah Who do you i mean think? it's uh alvin uh josh ruiz shaw and fetter i mean how can it not be um, the only way it's not, I was that, arguing Fedor like four months ago and every single second of it, I got pushed back on and now everyone's around to Fedor. Well, I pushed back, <laughs> I pushed back on it because, you know, for a couple of reasons. And, and since then have basically, you know, heard from Alex Lilly that, you know, those are not going to impact his decision. So, so I'm not saying what I think is right or wrong. I just saying that, that, that Alex, if it's, you know, unless a second, you know, rookie or, or under top tier player manages to get into the points, the automatic pick, his wild cards are going to Jason and Fetter. Done. Not even close. So, and the only guys who really have a shot. I said that. I said that a long time <laughs> The only guys who really ago. have a shot at getting into the points are David guys Alex. like, uh, Mario. No, not David. Uh, David would have to win the U.S. Open to even get close. Is that true? Um, yes. Mario and Kazakis could push um could push francisco out by finishing second 
right? If Francisco doesn't go very far. I mean, if the Alvin only goes way, to which, still, goes which, to which still leaves you only with one points guy who's not in those top four sure. players. So, so it wouldn't change the overall team except for Francisco trading with Alex or something like that. Now, if one of those guys actually wins the event and, and Francisco does well and Alvin doesn't, and all of a sudden Alvin's on the outside looking in for points, then it gets really dicey because then you have three to take two on, on Alvin, Jason, and Fetter, right? That's why the most disappointing thing that happened all year to me was Mario coughing up that lead to Albin in the European Champion, the European Open. Because if he beats Albin there, they're kind of reversed on the money thing. You're, and now you're looking you're at a real possible. Not Albin, Francisco, Mario. Or, yeah, but I'm saying the, the match that screwed everything was Mario tanking sure. to Albin at the European Championship because he and Francisco both would have been ahead of Albin. And then you would have had the real possibility of both of those guys making it on points. And then those two wildcard picks become a real, you know, yeah. jigsaw puzzle for Alex. Uh, but but those, when Alvin beat... Those two, well, those those two jigsaw puzzles come down to Fedor, Jason, and Francisco, not Alvin. No, Alvin. I'm talking Alvin. If, if Mario and Francisco would have finished ahead of Alvin in points... Okay, right? you said yes. yeah, but you said you said those three players before you talked about Mario and Alvin. Never, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if Mario had beaten Alvin in the European Championship, yeah, yeah. he and Francisco both would have been ahead of Alvin in points going into the U.S. Open, yeah. which then to me would have been really interesting to watch who advances through each round and picks up a thousand here, two thousand there, whatever money goes. Yeah. So that would have been interesting, but it's it's all moot because it didn't happen. Uh, Mario went in the tank, and uh, and we're looking at uh, Alvin, Josh, Francisco, uh, Jason, and Fetter. <laughs> Which is what I said like four months ago. Well, you were right four months ago. And I was chastised. I was like, ripped <laughs> apart by you guys. I don't know about ripped apart. We all had questions as to whether Fetter deserved you know the shot. And I said deserve be damn he's the best player and that's what <laughs> and alex then, says and then i got well you try telling a player like victor Zelinsky or francisco santrez ruiz that what i've <laughs> since learned is that alex has no problem telling victor I, Zelinsky i just want to pick over fetter <laughs> i just want to i just want to circle this one around a little bit longer <laughs> you can milk you know, we'll get you a shirt as soon as i pick these uh -huh. five no i uh so on the u.s side i mean where are we at where are we at on the u.s side then U.S. sides, you know, the, the points are completely up for grabs. So that's, you know, you kind of have a feeling where you're going to be, uh, but the points are are all over the place. So, you know, anybody from the U.S. has even a quarterfinal run, and it turns the points upside down. So yeah, uh, have to make the final 32. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, really, final 32 is going to be what about uh, Probably uh, final 000? 32 would probably be 2,500. 1, 2,500 for 17 to 32, uh, probably 3,500, 9 to 16, somewhere like that. So you start finishing 9 to 16, $3,500 moves you up about 35 places on the U.S. list. So so it's really, it's it's as wide open as you can want it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the last year's payouts. 17th through 20, yeah, 17th through 24th is 2750 yeah, but it's going to change this year because they're doing single elimination from 
30, you know, so now so now you're going to have 17 to 32. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you got to take some of that extra money and chop it up a little bit more to nine to 16, you know, that type of thing. So it's not nine to 12. Sure. Uh, that, so, so just kind of figuring where that money goes, the way I've got it kind of tabbed out is uh, nine through 16, probably be 3,500, 17 to 32, probably 2,500. So yeah, an American player that hits the top 32 is going to do some moving on the leaderboard. Uh, it depends on how many other Americans are with them at that point uh, to make a difference. So, um, so which is great for the American players, you know, who want to go grab them a spot in Moscone Cup. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see these guys are going to hit Atlantic City and they're going to be dialed in and they're going to be scoreboard watching, which is going to be a ton of fun. I think I'm going to jump. If you're not a player. I'm gonna I'm jump sorry? into the US Open. I'm gonna jump into the US Open, get fifth through eighth, and just make the Moscone Cup right then and there. There you go. Fifth through eighth, sixty five hundred. I don't think that gets you there. Third to fourth will get you there. Um, let's 12, see. Here. Well, it, it depends. Sixty five hundred puts me into. Oh yeah, that's not gonna be enough. Not gonna be enough. Yeah. Gee, dang. But it. you got third. You got third, fourth in you. Yeah. Wow. Oh, actually, <laughs> you know what? You're wrong. Because if Sky Sky Woodward right now is sitting at sixty two hundred and fifty, if he if he goes like two and out in that event, that puts me right neatly in front of him. And is he Same. third? On the, is he third on the points list right now? I believe, yeah, he's just behind Oscar. Oscar is at ninety one hundred. Uh, Sky is at sixty two fifty. So boom, yeah. fifth through eighth moves you right into third place, and then you're going to get to watch. Oh my God! You guys don't even understand how <laughs> bad I would be shaking. I would. Oh my God! I would have to be wearing like six <laughs> layers of adult diapers, and I'd have to like tape popsicle sticks to my arm to stop them from shaking. I'd be like Earl Strickland with diapers on. That's how. That's how many like things would be attached to me to stop me from shaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Earl, someone just asked, "How about Earl?" I think. No. I think. Uh... Yeah, I think Turning Stone pretty much <laughs> closed the door on the Earl chapter for this year. I still, I okay, I, I've, I like I said, I said this like I don't know, maybe a month ago or something like that on the podcast. I've come full circle on this. I've, I've accepted that the Moscone Cup is not a real event. It is never going to be a real event. What it is is a television show. At the end of the day, it is nothing more than a television show. It is not real competition. Of, I mean, of course, it is kind of but really it's it's just a television show do you consider it a Ryder cup television show yes absolutely okay yeah that's that's nothing more than a, a television show it's a it's a it's a it's 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 i don't want to say it's a gimmick but it's it's an event that is literally made for tv it's not it's not a world championship it's not a, a u.s open it, it's it's an event that is made for tv yeah laura's right it's and, entertainment and it, it's so it's yeah. not just made for tv because what it actually is made for is is crowds passionate crowds sure sure you know so you so from a live audience standpoint the Ryder cup moscone cup you know people are like 10 deep wanting to see this thing so uh yeah it would it's uh so with that being said um there is we should not put a Fargo cap on the teams. No, that is no. Um, <laughs> first off, I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to say like that's like a, I'm not trying to like denigrate Ken or anything like that. But like, what would you put the Fargo cap at that would actually be relevant to the U.S. and to well, the Fargo cap just admits that one side doesn't stack up. So you know, it's it's like 
why would you do that? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, are you, so are, what is what is eight eight twenty times five? I mean, what is what is that? It comes out to uh, thirty three hundred. So Europe every single year is going to be right around thirty three hundred. Uh, the U.S. is usually around. Is it like I thought 30, eight times five was forty? Oh yeah, forty. Sorry, forty one hundred. Forty one hundred. Uh, I mean, I'm a journalist, but I remember yeah. that. Well, one. I actually have a degree in mathematics, so clearly okay. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and yes, that is true. I actually do have a, a pure mathematics degree from the University of Wisconsin, which means I don't know how to do math. That's what that's what getting a, uh, a, a degree means. So Fargo forty five hundred. What it, who you can't find forty five hundred. You can take the five best players in the world, and you can't get to forty five hundred. You can't get to forty two hundred, right? So like. What do you what do you do? Would, yeah, if, if you have if, five eight tens, you're you're over forty two hundred. Forty five hundred, he says. Oh, forty five hundred. Okay. Yeah, Patrick Neal says forty five hundred. Um, oh, it was a joke. Okay, well that's well. I mean, it's an interesting conversation, right? The idea is like, okay, well, the U.S. is generally speaking, what is the U.S.? They usually give up forty Fargo points on average per person, give or take. So you're looking at uh, 200 off. So you're looking at a, a give or take right around 3,900 for. So if if we, if the best that we can do is to throw a 3,900 out there any given year, what do we throw the Fargo rate at? The cap at? What 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 would you even put it? Uh, at? Why are we discussing a cap for the Moscone Cup? All right, move on. Okay, <laughs> Greg's got a good. Could you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, so the U.S. I mean, if so, let's get back to the the U.S. Um, who do, who do you think are going to be our qualifiers? Then it seems like I, I mean, from I think what Oscar is like the Oscar is safe. It seems like he is from what I the US don't know is about showing. safe. I mean, if someone makes a big run and Sky gets a goes further than Oscar, then he could get bumped out again, right? Uh, so well, I, um, he would have to make a pretty deep run. Sky would, or Oscar six, would have to be he, out right he, away. Is he six thousand behind Oscar? Um, he's um or four thousand. Three, three thousand and change. Three thousand, just change. about, about th- a little less than three thousand. So if Oscar went out early and Sky made it to nine through sixteen or five to eight, he probably you know, have to do five to eight, right? right? Isn't that what we so, decided? So, um, but but then it would still keep Oscar safe because it would still be they'd be two and three, just flipped order, right? So someone someone behind Sky would have to pass Oscar for him to not make it, which means that someone behind Sky would have to get at least five through eight. Which in order goes Shane Wolford, uh, Greg Hogue, <clears throat> Nick DeLeon. Where, where, are, Shane and, uh, where are Shane and Greg? Money-wise? Wise? Yeah, money-wise. Money-wise. So Shane Wolford is sitting at 5,500. Greg Hogue is sitting at 4,450. Nick DeLeon is uh, 4,430. Okay. So they're comfortably 5,000 behind uh, um, Oscar. So they would have to, so they would basically have to place minimum fifth eighth. eighth. Yeah, right. Right. To be able to leapfrog him, they'd have to probably do 17th. Through thirty second to well, to I think what they I think guy. what they're also shooting for is whether they make it on points or not. That fifth they're spot to me is, the fifth spot to me is still open. You know that second wild card pick if Sky makes the, it, who has the first? Probably Billy. 
Sure. So, you know, if it's Billy, then their fifth spot's wide open still. And if someone goes out there and makes a big impression, finishes, you know, five through eight, even nine through 16, if they've beaten a couple of top players along the way, all of a sudden, you know, you're making, you're making an impression. Now, if they all go out quickly, then that fifth spot gets opened up to guys like, you know, uh, a Josh Roberts or a Tony Chohan or an Earl or someone that you just want to take a flyer on. Right. So, um, you know, that's, I still think that there's a lot to play for, for the U S players, even if they think they can't get there in points, you know, if Shane Wolford goes in and all of a sudden finishes nine to 16 or five to eight, you don't think that that helps his chances of being that fifth pick. Sure. No, I agree with you, but I, I, I mean, Craig's kind of stealing my thunder. Cause I, I really am. I'm, I am on the bandwagon. I want to see Josh Roberts in this thing. I, it, the guy barely ever plays pool, but every time he does, he just has big finish after big finish, whether it's one pocket or whether it's rotation. It just it just seems every time I see his name in an event, it's deep. And it's not like winning an event, but it's, it's a deep run. Yeah, no, it is, and he's a great player, and a lot of people like him. Uh, I just think that if you're Josh Roberts and this is what you wanted, you should have made more effort during the year to get there. I don't disagree with that, but all the, yeah, every he single – here, He's trying to get into the U.S. Open and the International now, which means that – Wow. He snoozed it when the, when the spots were available, right? So how bad does he want it? I want a guy who's going to kill themselves to get it. And that's what Greg, and that's what Nick, and that's what Shane, Nick, that's what all Greg, these players are doing. Shane, yep. So if they can if they can show some some medal in the U.S. Open, I I would give them serious consideration for that fifth spot. Nick's playing in yeah. the, the event in Spain, right? Nick DeLeon. Yeah. Yep, Good he for is. him. And I was going to say, is that a ranking event? I was wondering why he was there. Uh, it is a ranking event. It is a so that's that's why he's there. He's trying to just yeah. It's, it's a tough field to try to get some ranking points out of since it's not a huge payout. Well, it's it's actually not. I mean, it's actually not that tough of a field. It's, I mean, it's it's not as strong as a Euro Tour. I mean, there's a don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really really good players in there, but it's not like. It's not like he's going to be. You have, all your, you have all your Polish players. You have all your top Spanish players. You've got, you know, uh, a couple of the top German players. You've got. There's, there's, there's a lot to run through. I mean, you know, is it, yeah. is it front loaded? Yeah, but uh, that that you know, there's there's twenty good European players in there. Twenty really sure, good European absolutely. players. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, but with the, so, but with the good what's, draw, what's the payout? Five thousand euros. First place. First place, yeah. Yeah, so. How much moving you're going to do on the leaderboard in that event, unless you finish first or second? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I guess I'm looking. But at I like this. I like the experience he's getting, and I like the fact that he's that he's staying in there and he's swinging every every chance he gets. I mean, you got to love that. I mean, I'm 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 just looking at this this list, and and of course, a lot of these players are probably great players that I just don't know who they are. But I'm looking through around uh, Group One. I see Pius Labudas in there, uh, Jose Alberto Delgado. Um, Mieszko Fortunski, Victor Zelinski, um, Mark Biesterbosch, uh, Sanjin Pelovanovic, Nick DeLeon, and, and throwing his out there. Um, and that, I mean, that uh, that's it. I, and I'll no, have Solnaki's in there, Conrad's in there, Francisco oh, Sanchez well, Ruiz yeah. is in there. Um, you know, but that, but so, that's group one. I mean, that's that's group one of like I don't know, maybe sixty-four players with some walkovers in there. But I mean, I, I named eight players that are like really, really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I hope Nick makes a good run. I hope he does too. I, I mean, I, I'm always rooting for him. Um, I mean, I don't want to see him get a soft draw. You mentioned a soft draw. I would rather have him, because the money's not that good. It's not going to make that much of a ripple in the points thing. Um, I would rather see him beat a couple of good players and finish, you know, ninth to twelfth, than sure. than get a soft draw and get a thousand dollars for finishing third. Right. Yeah. Looking at the other side of the 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 group two, Kazakis Graba. Um, I guess David Alkaidi, Ronald Regley. Yeah, as I said, twenty good. Got to be, got to be twenty. Yeah, got to be twenty really solid players in there. Uh, that Mario he can go he, up yeah. against. So yeah, so, I would yeah. Say of, of the t- yeah, I probably named 20, 20 great players, but the the elite of the elite are not in there, right? There is no, there is yeah, there's no well, Josh, there's no. FS, the FSR is in there, I would say, but there's no, you well, know, there, Mario, there's no, FSR, Alex Kazakis. I mean, you're talking about, there's no Josh Filler, there's no Albin Ocean, there's no Jason Shaw, there's no, right, uh, Wojtek Shevchek. I mean, there's, I mean, there's still a lot of huge names that are not there. And, and of course, that doesn't say anything for like the Co brothers or, but <laughs> as far as I, European I mean, points go, there's only about four guys missing from the top point getters. If you look at the top 10 point getters, I'd say seven of them are there. Sure. Yeah, not none of the top, none of the top four, but everyone that probably passed that. Niels wasn't in there, I guess. Niels is one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a great event, and he, from what I saw, he's the only American player that's in there. Right. So let me look through here. Who's he staying with over there? <laughs> probably himself. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the only he's the only American there. The Spaniards are hospitable. I'm sure someone's putting him up. Yeah, it's actually well, this isn't a predator, but I was gonna say it's actually kind of a surprise that Tyler's not playing in it since he's over there already, but um he sticks mostly to predator events, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um I mean, maybe maybe so let me ask you this question. Should Nick DeLeon get an extra look over a Greg and a Shane Wolford? And because he's playing there, because he's playing everywhere, he's been to the UK Open. He's been uh, to the European. No, I, I don't think so because band. I think I think you know certainly Shane Wolfer has played just about everything. Uh, you know, he's played in a lot of the events. Greg, I don't know, but that's you know uh, some people can't travel as much as as Shane and Nick can. So um, I think that you know if you look at all three of those guys, Nick, Greg, Shane, they're all putting in the effort. And that's that's that puts them on equal footing to me. It's I'm not going to take you know, who who you know who earned more frequent flyer miles than the other. Uh, the effort's been there, dedicated to making this team, sure. so and dedicated to in, improving their experience. So that to me is where um, that's where a lot of that comes in. Sandcastle, uh, five thousand added guaranteed. But none of that's uh, so, going to matter. It's, oh, no, it's just before the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Sandcastle yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, I think. I know, that, so I'll um, be there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's good. You know, it's a decent payout. So, it's just, we'll I mean, it's, see it's what, almost just as much as uh, the Spanish Open, and it's not going to have nearly the players. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope, we, you know, I'm sure there's still room for more players. 
know, players decide to go there and take their swing. I mean, if you're if you're an American guy who knows that the points are not that big from three through twelve, uh, yeah, play in Sandcastle, then go play in the U.S. Open. I mean, if you pick up a couple thousand at Sandcastle, that's sure. that's moving material on this points list. Well, especially wouldn't, like, wouldn't get you very far in the European point list, but on the American point list, it'll get you. You'll leapfrog some people who are sitting at home and, doing nothing. And and of course, at the end of the day, like I'm not I'm not trying to like denigrate um, any of these players that we've been talking about here, but which which one of them do you even see as being able to get past, let's say, 17 through 30 second in the U.S. Open? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you, if you went by their averages, you'd say probably maybe one Pro- might reach might reach the top thirty-two. Uh, maybe one will reach the top thirty-two. I can't see any of them making it past the top thirty-two. Uh, yeah, I, could, you know I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to say that none of they're all drawing dead. They wouldn't be playing the event if they were drawing dead. But the idea is like, well, if you could end up taking, let's say, let's say you take third place in the Sandcastle Open, well, that what does that look like? Three thousand dollars, three thousand dollars in the U.S. Open. That's more than seventeen through thirty-second. Right. So yeah, so I mean yeah, there's there's be, there's points be, be, there's points it, to be had in New Jersey, kids. You'd be stupid <laughs> not if you're any of those players. You'd be stupid not to play it. Yeah, especially since you're going to be on the the East Coast the weekend before or the weekend after, anyways. I mean, you'd be yeah. you'd be absolutely nuts not to play that event if that's if that's what the payouts are going to be. You'd be nuts not to play it. Yeah, I don't know. Well. Um, so well, I guess who do, who are your actual five? If you had to make a prediction today for the U.S., who are your five? Shane, Oscar, Billy, Sky. Oscar, Billy, Sky, Shane Wolford. Shane. Hmm. If I had to pick, I guess it's different. If if I want, if I want, who do I want to see? I would like to see. The same players, but instead of Shane, um, I would like to see Josh. Josh Roberts. Now, but I can live. I, I can live with it. I can live with it either way. It, you know, Josh with that. With, yeah, the 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 fifth pick is just going to be a wild hair. So whatever Jeremy feels like in terms of yeah. how he looks at his team and who he thinks can handle certain things better than others, whatever that's going to be his analysis. But yeah, that fifth pick is going to be just you know, it's a complete lottery pick, really. Probably. Yeah. I mean, who can you realistically choose? Um, Tyler, Shane, Greg, Nick, um, Tony, Josh, Chip, uh, Earl, Chris Reinhold. I mean, there's um, just just to name a few. I mean, that doesn't like that doesn't even go into players like uh Jonathan Hennessy or something like that. Although I, <laughs> I only say him because he's, I only say him because he's just behind. He's actually just ahead of Tyler. Um, he's got fifty five dollars more than Tyler. So, yeah, certainly there's there's not. Well, I think you know what, what if Tyler makes a decent run, do you pick him because of the experience? He's got to do. Now, let's say let's say Tyler goes. Uh, 17 to 32. I will say this, Tyler. And I, and I, I got to call it like I see it. Tyler has not done anything in the last calendar year that warrants a spot. He's done nothing. Uh, and, and it's not, it's not because he hasn't played, right? He's, he's had opportunities. He's played in yeah. all the biggest events. He's had opportunities and he's done nothing 
to claim that spot. So do I think that any player has done anything more than what he has done to take it away from him? Not a ton. I, I don't think so either, right? Yeah, so right. the idea is... So it, that puts it, them almost on equal footing to me. Yes, I mean, the, I think... That's, that's uh, it, right? So then, so then it comes. I think down Shane to Shane Wolford's had a couple decent showings and really tough events, uh, but just decent, right? So, so that's what I'm saying. If if all of a sudden Tyler jumped up and bit off like a 17 to 32, I would put him in in a heartbeat, I, yeah. because I I know what I'm going to get with Tyler. Um, I'm not. I know that what I'm going to get with Tyler is I'm not going to see him dog his brains out because he's the moment is not too big for him. He's going to be ready for the moment. And he has the upside to be a borderline MVP. I mean, we saw it the first year he was there. I mean, if it wasn't for yeah, Sky, he's going, a little strong, but <laughs> no, going into the final day of the the la- going into the final day uh, in London three years ago now, he he was tied with Sky with the most points on the team. Ty took or Sky took it on the last day. I mean, uh, Tyler lost to. Jason, I believe, on the final day. I believe. Jason I believe. Kachi. Well, I mean, Jason Kachi and Meals, Jason Kachi and Meals all beat Billy, Corey, and Tyler. Uh, so, so you know, I mean, listen. Yes. But would I, can, could he win uh, MVP? Sure, he could because it's a points thing. But sure. Tyler's not going to win the MVP having beaten Josh. And having beaten Jason, and having it's going to be having beaten number four and number five, right? Okay. And the number all four and number is, five doubles teams. <laughs> all I'm saying is Tyler has not lost to Joshua Filler yet this year in a race to five, <laughs> but he's lost every single time in a race of seven. <laughs> I mean that, that that is it though, right? I mean, how many? I can think back to three opportunity or three situations this year where Tyler has been up in a who has beat Josh in a race to five, but lost in a race to nine or eleven. Yeah, well, I mean, getting started is not Tyler's problem, and maybe you know, maybe jump out three to zero, and then he just lose it from there. I don't no, know. No, finishing, finishing has been his problem. I mean, even yeah. when uh, when he played Oscar um, in uh, what was at the UK Open, where they both had kind of yeah. advanced and they played no, each other. Uh, and the European they, Championship. That was the European Championship. The European Open, the most recent. Uh, one? Yeah, yeah, the European Open. Yes, the European Open. Okay, yep. uh, it was just recently, you know, right? It was, it was I don't, just a couple weeks I thought it was a little longer, but it could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Uh, they played Oscar, and 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 he – I mean, Tyler barely got through the match before that after he had a big lead. And then against Oscar was kicking and scuffling at the end there too. So um, he's shown a penchant this year for actually what you're saying, starting good and not being able to close. Now, is that enough to give – you know, get you through a race to five? It should be, but is – you know, four to four in a race to five or four to three in a race to five, any easier for him to close than, you know, leading 10 to seven in a race to 11. You know, I think, I think that last rack is the last rack. I don't care whether it's race to three, race to five, race to 11. He's got to show he can close it out. Yeah. And it, and it was the European open this year. Um, okay. In the final 32. Cause Oscar okay. went on to play Joshua filler after that and right. lost. Yep. Right. Um, so. I mean, if there, I will say this, there are, in my mind, there are two players that I think have the potential to go out during the U S open and take the fifth spot. And by take it, I mean, like if they do something, show up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's Tyler and that's Jeremy Sosi. In my mind, it's those two. Uh, if either one of them, let's say, make a 17 through 32 or even a, a 17 through, I guess, 17 through 32, if they made if they made a a nine through 16, that's, that's it. That's done. It's, it's theirs. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, think. if Nick DeLeon were to make a 17 through 32nd, I don't know that I would put him in no matter what. It'd be yeah, hard I don't to know if that's, I don't know if that's a lockdown finish for him for sure. I, I don't know, that. but if Jeremy or Tyler makes it, I think it is a lockdown. I think it's over. I think that those two players are the two players that hold that control their own destiny. Even with Tyler having as rough of a year as he's I had. I think if Shane Wolford finished 17 to 32, that would lock him in too. I do. So if, if Tyler and Shane did that, who are you taking? I'm taking Tyler and it's not close. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. That, that's my point. If like it, you know, it, it maybe if Shane got, if, if Shane found a way to get nine through 16th and Tyler got 17 through 32nd, then I, but that, that probably put Shane qualifying too. To be yeah, honest, right. depending on what, yeah. So I mean, we're we're talking about all these different things, and I mean, at the end of the day, there's still well, the different but... scenarios are what makes it fun. I mean, that's why it, you it know, is, scoreboard yeah, right. watching is the best is the most fun. It's you know, I, I wish there was more scoreboard watching for for Team Europe, but it's there's really not. Yeah, not. I mean, Mario, you know, if if Albin or FSR go out early for whatever reason, then I think the guy who's got the best chance of sneaking in there is Alex Kazakis. I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I think these, I think Alex Zakis got as good a chance as anybody to make that final eight. To be honest with you, like, um, well, I was going to say Oliver Solnaki. I, don't, I I could see a dark horse somehow sneaking in, but um, yeah, I, 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 I just don't see a situation where FSR and Albin go down early enough to where it's it makes a difference. Well, I mean, Albin Albin go out early and it still won't make a difference because he's on he's at sixty. So he's up. Yeah. He's a, he's a good twenty five ahead of FSR. Francisco, he's got a chance of slipping out. If he goes out early, then a couple guys could take his spot. Yeah, yep. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I like I, I stand behind that. I think uh, Tyler and Jeremy Sosi are the only players in the U.S. that control their own destiny when it comes to making the team. I mean, well, I'm, we're I, just, assuming, I hope, we're I hope that there's, I hope that there's something to watch. That's why I don't want We're to see. Assuming here. Yeah. I don't want to see nine guys go out before it gets to sixty-four. <laughs> right. Right. So we're assuming, so, yeah, but we're you know they, they know that they're under it. They know that they've got a lot on the line. This event, they know they're going to be watched. They, we know they're going to be watching other tables. So it's going to just be really. It's going to be really fun to watch the scoreboard at that event. Sure. It's going to be. Um, well, I mean, we're assuming still that. Uh, Oscar, Sky, and Billy are a lock, right? Is there a situation where they wouldn't? I mean, I, I suppose if one of these players made a deep enough run that they qualified. Um, well, if Oscar doesn't it, qualify on points, then, you know, it's just how much faith Jeremy has in him. If he qualifies on points, doesn't matter, right? If he doesn't qualify yeah, on points, what, it's how much. Who do, you, it's how who much... do you put in over him? Two people, who do you put in over him? Well, I'm saying if someone goes and gets one of those point spots, Right, then you're still using one of the events, one of the wild cards for Billy. Do you do and, you do you take Billy over Oscar? I think that bumps Billy back a spot. It might, it might. I don't know. That's a good. Maybe co- it doesn't. A good, I, I don't that's know. A good, that's a good question. 
but but then I think but that but then as long assuming Sky holds on, where it really gets crazy is if Sky and Oscar lose their wild cards. Now we're going now now everything is all uh, and uh, I guess and assuming Billy doesn't get one of those spots because if Billy gets one of those spots, then he just. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so you're talking about two guys from outside the top ten now, both getting points spots. Well, I mean, I'm saying that's when it goes crazy, right? If, <laughs> oh like, yeah, no, it would. It would if Shane and if Shane and Greg get like deep finishes, or Nick and Greg, or Shane and you know any any combination of them that knocks Sky and Oscar out, and they have stinkers. Yeah. Because now you're looking at Oscar, Sky, and <laughs> Billy for two spots. Yeah. Yeah, but well, I, I mean, personally, I think at that Billy point is, you'd go. I, th- I think at that point Jeremy would go Billy and Oscar. I really do. Oh yeah, I, th- I I'm think. I'm saying Billy shouldn't be a lack. He plays good, but what about the effort? You know, he's I, he's, well, he's he's had a, he's had an ankle break a bracelet on all all year. So, um, you know, that's kind of limited his opportunities, and it's and, and limited opportunities has to limit your uh, your drive. Yeah. Right? It, with that, even with that being said, like I, I think the, I think the idea that if you have to make a Facebook post, uh, two months before or one, one month away from the U.S. Open, and two months away from the Moscone Cup, basically, that you're coming back to playing pool again, regardless for what are the reasons that kept you away. I mean, that's that's not a good look. Hmm. I mean, I. Just saying. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I think that was a pretty fun discussion that uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I think it was. I think it was a good one. Ah, I mean the the speculation and having you know that's Fantastic. that's what makes it fun. I mean that's what that's what barstool sports is all about. I almost feel like we should probably do some live stuff at the U.S. Open on site. Well, it's lucky we to have it. I'll be there. Yeah. I well, I I think we we almost need to find a way to walk around the room. And update while we speculate. That might be fun. All right, I think that's going to probably take take a a call into Pat Fleming, but um, yeah, I think it would be fun. Sure. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can close it out there. Thanks again for joining, Mike. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning fun. in and watching. It was Thanks. fun.